welcome to the Engage Family Gaming Podcast. My name is Stephen Dutzman, and I am your host, as always. And this is episode 256. It's video game week, and welcoming her back after a week-long vacation, a much-needed and much-deserved week-long vacation, is Amanda Fair, the Princess of Power. How are you? I'm really, really good. Like, not even just pandemic good. Like, I feel like a new human. That's what happens when you spend a bunch of time playing video games in the woods with people that you care about and love. It's true. And don't have to deal with the internet. That is also true. You are not wrong there. Yeah, skipping the internet for five days. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. It's pretty smart. Yeah, pretty smart, dude. Pretty smart. I'll try that someday. Someday. I know you will. Because you're so, going to come down here and you're going to hang out when we're yeah. all vaccinated. So what you're saying is that you're going to take my phone from me? Well, no, I would never take your phone from you because the general needs to get to you. That's true. Yeah, but she could just call you. That's true. <laughs> figure it out. We'll figure <laughs> out the logistics. Phone. <laughs> we'll figure out the logistics. So anyway. Steve finally relaxes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever that happens. All right, everybody. So it's video game week. Specifically, it is the one year anniversary of Animal Crossing New Horizons, which was our game of the year last year. It was. Rightfully so. Absolutely. Uh, Pretty unanimous also. I don't think anybody that had a vote really wanted to argue. I wasn't going to dissent about it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I sent you the list and you were like, looks good. And of all the people that would have dissented, you had the weight. And you could have argued with me, but you did not. No, because it made the most sense. It yeah. had the greatest cultural impact. Exactly. We'll get there. And it's all, yeah, we're going to talk all about it. And uh, it not only did it have a great cultural impact, but it's also just freaking good. So, so we're going to talk about what is Animal Crossing, maybe a little bit of its history. We're not going to go crazy detail, but we're going to give you kind of the 411 on Animal Crossing. And then we're going to get into why was Animal Crossing such a big deal in 2020 specifically with the fire nation attacking etc and so that'll be a fun little chat to have i did some pre-work by listening to a whole bunch of videos and interviews that uh, our good friend dr rachel cowart did all over the place Uh, and seriously it was amazing she's been talking about this game and so i am already with the factoids I couldn't book her two weeks in a row, otherwise I would have, but we got her last week for the conversation on parasocial relationships, which I thought was super awesome. If you haven't listened to that- It's incredible. Go, listen. Go give it a listen. I know there are a lot of folks that kind of alternate back and forth, and some, some people only listen to the video game weeks, and that's fine. That's why we do the podcast the way we do. However, last week, technically a board game week, just based on the way that it fell on the calendar. If you want to fast forward through some of the Dungeons & Dragons stuff, if that is your bag, we have a nice little conversation about parasocial relationships, which I think is pretty important, especially now that all of our kids pretty much – all of them know at least one YouTuber by name. <laughs> so let's, which is for better or for worse, right? And in fact, according to Rachel, generally for the better. So, and we'll, you'll want to listen to that episode. So, Amanda. Yes. We're going to go around the horn. And while we were preparing for this, you and I, when we prepared, everybody, we, Amanda and I do most of our pre-show prep in text message form. We do. So we both were like, what games are we talking about? What are we going to do? And both of us just in all caps talked about a game called Loop Hero, which is... Shouted, kind of t- in fact. It was yeah, all we shouted. We shouted in text form. And because we're millennials, that's what we do. And it is Loop Hero. It's a game that is amazing for the two of us, but it's also kind of taken over the world. It's getting streamed all over the place. Lots of people are playing it because of just this hype that is slowly building, which, you know, every year there's a couple of indie games that just kind of take off that you don't really expect. You know, sometimes there are games yep. you just know are going to be good. This is one of those games I like saw. Fall it. Guys, like Fall Guys, Fall I Guys, knew Fall Guys was going to be amazing when it finally came out. Exactly, we knew Fall Guys. We know that you know the guy that's doing Stardew Valley. That we know that his whatever wizarding comes out is going to be great. Yeah, exactly. We know the Wizarding School one that they're making. 
is going to be just absolutely bonkers. Like, we know. But every year there's a couple of games that just come out of nowhere and capture people. The game of the moment right now is Loop Hero. Catching everybody, and it definitely caught the two of us. Oh, yeah. Amanda, before we gush about why we love it, mm-hmm. can you explain to uh, to our audience what Loop Hero is? Oh, God, of course, of course, you would leave that to me. Or do you want me to do it? No, it's not. Do you want me to do it? I was just, no, I was just messing with you. Or were you just sassing me? I was sassing you. That is, isn't that my job? I feel like that's my job. It is your job, at least part of it. The other part (laughs) Part is to be sane, but. This is true. Okay, so Loop Hero. Okay, so anyway, let's talk about Loop Hero. So Loop Hero is really interesting. It is partly a base building simulator because you have to build up your base essentially okay so let's talk about the premise of loop hero let's talk about the narrative premise so the narrative premise of loop hero is the world has been destroyed it has been erased no one can remember the world and your hero yeah like no one can remember anything like it's everything's just bad so That's the narrative premise, is that no one can remember anything. So you have to rebuild the world one loop at a time. Yep. And once you go through your first loop and you sort of get the hang of the game, then you can start building up the little village. So this little town that you're going to be making so that you can have more people that have more memories. And... You can build things like a field kitchen and you can have uh, a graveyard and like a crypt so you can, you know, have a necromancer class because you start off as a fighter, right? And these loops are barren when you first get into them. So you're just fighting like these gross slimes and you're running around with your sword and you got your shield. You're like, I'm going to go kick some slime booty. And so you do. And once you get through your first loop, you start picking up resources. So you start putting down things like meadows and mountains and, I don't know, vampire manors. <laughs> yeah. And all kinds of and all kinds of great things. Like there, there are places that generate monsters. There are places that generate treasure. And there are places that generate both. Some locations and some pieces that you can put down work in synergy with other pieces so you can discover new cards and did i mention that this is also a card game because it is it's also one of those this game shouldn't work it should be way too out in left field it should be esoteric as heck it should be boring it should be bland it's fantastic there is something about the literal gameplay loop that is so magical that you can't stop playing it. And if not for going on vacation, I would have spent the entire weekend playing Loop Hero. I would have. Yeah. I haven't touched it in a week because I've been And the gone. only reason you didn't is because it's not on Switch. And because it's it not on, on Switch. Switch. I would be on Switch. rude. So to add, no, you wouldn't have. You would have had so much fun playing that game That's just true. relaxing yeah. so <laughs> it is so it is currently available on pc mm-hmm. and so it's on, I, I bought it on the epic game store is it on steam i bought it on steam okay so it's on steam and the epic game store this is a devolver digital joint oh, boy don't they just keep putting out hit after hit so the 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 thing that i really appreciate about this game is that it presents itself as like a role-playing game and you're, you're a dude and your dude just moves down a path and you don't control him. It's almost like an, uh, an idle clicker game, right? So it's kind of one of those games that plays itself. Your, your dude just marches without, without pausing really just without stopping, just going down this loop and when you talk about making a loop, like your the goal is to get go out adventuring and then come home to camp. And every time you go out adventuring and come home to camp, you have more more treasure and an opportunity to retreat and take everything back. And if you decide yeah. to start another loop, 
then you run the risk of dying, at which point you are able to escape, but you drop 70% of your stuff, which yep. it's is, painful. Which feels bad. Which feels it bad. It feels very bad. But I've only died three times. That's it. Okay, well, I die a lot. Uh, because you, oh, well, you're, so here's the problem though. I have a thing where I forget that it feels bad to lose in the moment where I get to decide whether I take one more loop. Oh, like no. I don't remember that pain. So you're supposed to like when you touch the stove, right? Like every kid touches the stove or a hot pan, right? Like this is what happens. A kid is going to touch it and, or they're going to see another kid touch it. And they're supposed to remember that moment. It's true. And I forget what it's like to put my hand on the stove every time I walk away from it. It is un it's unbelievable. And I just say, oh, it's fine. I can make one more loop. And then I get three quarters of the way through and then just absolutely destroyed. And that's okay. It is presented in this really like this looks like what would have been kind of a Nintendo game ish kind of yes. game um and so it's very so it's on a black background it is you know so it is darker very mysterious and man you know that loop right like it's kind of meta right you know it's funny yeah. that we talk about the game my one of my favorite games to play right now is a game about a loop when our most trafficked article is a is the definition of a gameplay loop and let me tell you that gameplay loop in this game is very very good you go out on an adventure you keep going through these micro loops where you're going through and getting more stuff and then eventually you have to stop and you go back and you build up your base and every time you build a new building there's like a little bit of a little bit of the mystery is uncovered and you meet new townspeople who are all nameless by the way they are and it's no, very I've, strange yeah it's very strange neither of us have finished this game no and so it is so good it's just so good it is also very inexpensive this is definitely going to find its way onto the switch at some point oh i would imagine uh, so there are lots I mean, of calls for the switch port like immediately if not sooner also if it comes out on the switch i will not injure my index finger again yeah, so I want to know, because this does not strike me as a game that would generate a sports injury. Like, I can understand, you know, like if you're playing Street Fighter with a fight stick. So, so tell me, how does one hurt yourself on an idle game? So, here's the thing. I did a 13-hour marathon with uh, Hit Save, which is the, the nonprofit video game preservation organization that I work with. And yep. we were doing a 13 hour stream, 14 hour stream might've been 14 hours. So I was at my computer for 14 hours for the most part, off and on, like I needed to sit down and I needed to do, uh, the podcast like virtual economy. But other than that, I was just at my desk playing loop hero and moderating chat. That was my whole day. And because I, an intellectual, always drag and drop things in card games instead of clicking and then clicking to place them, I was sitting there holding my index finger down for hours at a time because yeah, I was not... constantly, yeah, no. That wasn't no. smart, bro. No, that was possibly one of the, I've never injured myself playing a video game before, ever, in my whole life. I injured myself. Like I had, a, I had a hard time moving my index finger the next day. And I told Mike, my partner about this. And he's like, uh Oh, I think that's a video game injury. Don't tell our wife because <laughs> he's injured yeah, himself playing video games. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. I think the, like the good news is for those listening is that the likelihood of, of the the casual user <laughs> reproducing this injury not very high by nature no. of the fact that most of the people listening to this and their children will not be at their computer for 14 hours i didn't even want to be at my computer for well, 14 were, hours uh, exactly but you were doing it for for the charities I was. Which is important, which is a company you work for. So it was work. I mean, it's not like yeah, you were I... doing it for funsies. Nope. So, uh, which I fully approve of. Just wait, everybody wait until my son and I do 24 hours of dungeons for extra life at the end of the year. Um, it's going to be gonna exhausting. Be 
That's going to be good. I'm going to be there in the chat while we're raising money over on our stream. It's going to be amazing. Yep. Mm -hmm. So the, so I have not hurt myself playing this game, but I find myself thinking about it a lot. And what's the, the next thing that I really like about this game, outside of the fact that it is very satisfying to kind of like slowly build your loop and because you're, you're building up like there's the, there's a little road that you're walking on and it starts with just empty road that generates slimes over time. Right. Yep. And what you can do is you can put forests on there or cemeteries and the forests put out these weird wolf rats and the cemeteries put out skeletons mm -hmm. and the vent. You can put vampire mansions off to the side of the road and that will put vampires into fights that are also on the road. So it's like an add on thing. And so you it's just it's very satisfying to watch your little it's not really a city, but like the dungeon that you are building. Right. Yep. It's very satisfying to watch that kind of come to pass as you play the game. The other thing that I really like about it is all the little interactions that you get when you start putting different tiles next to each other. It's awesome. That's like the, the card synergies. Huh? We've said yeah, this on this synergies. podcast before. Pod, or like the those. Card syn synergies. Yeah. So, for example, there's a card that's a meadow that you can put out. Now, meadows, as you put them down, all they do is they make it so every day they heal you for two hit points. That's right. That's great. But if you put a meadow adjacent to a non-meadow card, any non-meadow card, it turns into a flowered meadow, which heals you for three every day. So the idea is you know there's an advantage to kind of having meadows kind of just spread out they don't need to be on top of each other mm -hmm. you know you could put them just next to stuff whereas like rocks and mountains they need to be near each other because eventually you build a block of nine and they turn into a mountain and you get like a big bonus and you can and destroy them and then create a new mountain and you get all those resources again yep that is a thing. Also, if you put a vampire mansion next to a town, it turns the town into a zombie town. And you have ghouls. And there are ghouls that you have to fight every time, which is and they're important. Mean. And, and that's important because the ghouls respawn very quickly. And there are certain resources that you can only get if you finish a fight with more than four enemies. And so there's all these little interactions and you're constantly unlocking new cards as you unlock these new buildings. It's just so cool. It's so great. It's got some deck building mechanics, which you know that I love to build decks. Oh, yeah. And you, and there's no best deck, right? Because you might be built looking for a specific resource. So if you're looking for like food, right, you're going to build more forests because you get forests out of that, right? Exactly. It's very cool. Very fun. And by the way, all the while, while this is happening, these monsters are dropping equipment that you're equipping to try and make yourself better. And they have all sorts of cool stats. And... There's three different classes that we've found so far. There's a, a warrior and a rogue and a necromancer. The necromancer is crazy. It's wild, yeah. It, this whole thing is just very cool. It feels like there's room for more classes to be added also. So I'm sure there's probably going to be some expansions later. Oh, I would imagine they're going to have to. Because it's selling the quite demand, a bit. The demand is there. Yes. So this is also a very this is not a, you know, a game for the grown-ups. This is, you know, it's Vivi I would say it's it. slightly it's slightly macabre, but it is not in a bad way. This is, you know, it's not funny creepy, like it's mysterious, but at the end of the day, it's very abstract. You know, this mm -hmm. is like Final Fantasy 1 levels of abstraction. Yes, you know, exactly. You That's actually a steps. really good way of putting it. Yeah, like you take two steps forward and swing a weapon and the enemies take damage. It's and true. when they die, they just fall over or crumble into bone or whatever, right? Exactly. So it's not – there's no blood. There's no gore. This is just kind of, you know, very – this is a, mis a mystery as opposed to a horror. Exactly. And – Man, it's really cool. Uh, I would encourage you, especially if you have uh, younger kids that are going to be playing with you, look up guides and walkthroughs. At least, you know, if you play it a little bit, but if you get stuck, don't hesitate. 
this is one of those games that is so all about the mystery and all about the challenge that every, every content creator that I found, because I actually went out the other day looking for stuff because I was stuck. And there are people who are like, hey, there's these are our no spoilers, like general tips. Right. And they're like, and they do like do runs where you just try to put everything next to everything and and pay attention to what happens or you know stuff like that and then they have or go see this other way more detailed video where we talk about every possible interaction of every possible tile and then you get real banana then they get into the weeds in some cases literally and so <laughs> there is plenty of variety in the guides that are available and i think this is a game that is you're, you're going to play it and you're not going to think that you need a guide. You might get frustrated because maybe you think it's random. I assure you nothing in this game is random. Everything it, – like it's, it's, there, there's a little RNG, so I guess I can't say nothing is random. But it like – It's random in terms of like the layout of yep. the loop. That's the only real randomness to this. Yep. You control a lot more than you think you do. Yeah. And so if you feel like you hit a plateau and you're a little stuck – Go look up the guides. So that's Loop Hero. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you, Amanda. If game of the year was being decided right now, Loop Hero. It would be Loop Hero and it's not close. Now, admittedly, part of that's because nothing's come out yet. But you know what? I am not case, Pokemon Snap streaming yet. So Yeah, I mean Pokemon Snap is soon. But Still, you know what? The fact that Loop Hero is even in the conversation, okay, is amazing because when we knew nothing, like we didn't see this game coming. Well, I, I mean, saw it at, I think, it, what was it? Either during the, the video game awards or during Naughty yeah. 3 or something. Like I did see it and it was very exciting. It looked interesting. And the demo came out during the, the indie festival, which was also cool. But I didn't get a chance to play it. And Mike's like, this game slaps. So, you know, you should probably get on this. And I'm like, oh, okay. It did. It, it did. did. It did. And then Devolver's like, hey, you want a code? And I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, I bought it. I paid my $12. Oh, we bought it for Vivi. And yeah. my husband bought a copy. And like, oh, yeah. don't worry, man. We are supporting <laughs> oh, listen, I, I'm not. So I would encourage you this again. This is PC only for now, but I I can't imagine that this is going to remain PC only for much, much longer. Devolver does not lock their games to one console. That is not their strategy. Yep. So considering Fall uh, Guys is coming to Switch. I mean, yeah. Man, Fall Guys coming to Switch is so crazy. I mean, we knew it was going to happen eventually, but it is still crazy to me that it's happening. I just, so that's Around the Horn. We did mm -hmm. it. We talked we about our one game. A little bit of news. Did you see the stuff from Fortnite Chapter 2 Season 6 today? I did. So I am so shocked at the way this game... If you had told me the state of the game in, in March 2021... Five years ago, like a game exists that does this thing. Mm -hmm. I would have called, called you a bold faced liar. I would have, I know you would have, you, I would have accused you of funny business because there is just no way. It's and they showed right us, a, they showed us a cinematic trailer that had Sarah Connor, Ripley, Terminators, Aliens, The Predator, Ryu from Street Fighter used a Hadouken and blew up a banana person. Like, I don't even know what to do with any of it. It was just, it was bad. And it pants. wasn't made up. <laughs> it wasn't made up. It was just absolutely crazy. So chapter two, season six is out as of today. And the whole island is wild now. And so it's cool. There's wild animals. You find materials and you make improvised weapons, which is perfect for the premier guest character which is Lara Croft the Tomb Raider because in the most recent games it's a big deal for her to find and improvise weapons so that's cool if you're a Fortnite fan um, or if your kids are Fortnite fans that's why they asked you for 10 bucks in the last three or four days uh, they asked for that for that for that sweet sweet battle pass so, um, all right. So that's the quick news. I just wanted to talk about that. I, that's, yeah, that was so, wild. Just, I, I couldn't even. But Lara Croft, how about, like, perfect addition to the Fortnite universe. 
And I'm just so – I just assumed she was in already. <laughs> I don't know. I just assumed she was in. I mean at this point, I figured if, if like the Predator is in, I was like, well, of course. Then Laura should have been in there, yeah. But you know what? It makes sense for her to be like one of the premier skins for a whole season as opposed to just like a pack. Fair anyway. Enough. So, Amanda. Yeah. We've started doing this thing. We did. We still don't know – if we can call them what they are, because I haven't asked our attorneys yet, because that's expensive. But folks, listen, trust me, you will know what we are doing within a few minutes of getting started. We're going to call them a word fill-in puzzle. So last week, we did one that was Dungeons and Dragons themed, because we do that on Board Game Week, and it was mm. amazing. So everybody, let me turn the pages to ours. Now, this time I did get some words from our audience at engagefamilygaming.com slash community. So I'm actually bringing that up right now. Awesome. I love not being, I love when the community uh, participates and then I'm not on the hook for everything because I'm not particularly fact, clever. Well, I think you're plenty clever, but it's nice to not have to do all the work. You're not the you're not the one in the hot seat, as it were. So let me get my writing utensil. Okay, so I will add in the ones from the community shortly. Um, you know, I'll, I'll throw them in as we go. So essentially, I have been asking the community to provide me with nouns and verbs. So you're still on the hook for non-nouns and verbs. Okay. Okay. So, Amanda, I would yes. like an adjective, please. An adjective. Yep. Um, it's a good question. What should an what should we use for an adjective? A good description no. word. How about gentle? I'm cool with that. And I would like a noun. Wait, I missed this. Which theme is this? What is oh, my this theme? Is non, this is not Dungeons and Dragons. It's not Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Not Dungeons and Dragons. This it's is just a regular, regular one. Okay. Regular old world fill-in puzzle. Okay. How about hydrangea? Let's go with a flower. I like flowers. I'm not sure I spelled it right, but the good news That's is no okay. Uh, and now I would like a... Let's see here. I'm going to... I am going to take a word from I'm going to take the first noun given to me by the community. So from Stephen Gallagher in the Engaged Family Gaming community. Um, and this one actually works kind of well is uh, Buffalo. Awesome. Is it Buffalo or Buffaloes? I think Buffalo is just Buffalo. So we're going to go with it. Buffalo is just Buffalo, yeah. Um, I would like another adjective. Creative. And then another adjective. Um, wild. Okay. And I'm going to take a verb from James Pisano. He gave hmm. me uh, – um, looking for a verb ending in ing. I'm going to take his regular verb and add um, – and his is catapulting. That's awesome. So he gave me catapult and said that I could use it as either a verb or a noun. Little did he know I was going to use it as both at different times. Wow. Um, and I need – so I'm going to need you to give me a verb ending in ing. I think that we could do reaching. Okay. Reaching. And another adjective. Patient. And then another adjective. How about nerdy? Okay. And a noun. Axe. And a a type of food, plural. Hot dogs. Hot dogs sounds so good right now. Right. Good hot dog. Right? Uh, and now I need a part of the body, plural. Lips. Okay. And then I need an adjective. Vicious. Because I just like the word vicious, even if I never want to be vicious. And uh, I need a vehicle. Uh, a dirt bike. Okay, and then uh, I need two plural types of food. Pies and carrots. Okay, 
and I need something alive, the plural form. Dogs. Okay, and then another one. Another something alive, plural. Bees. 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 Now I need an adverb. Magically. And lastly, I'm going to take one more from the community, another one from James Pisano, and I'm going to take banana. Banana. That's just the next one in order. All right. Here we go. The subject of this. So this is where I do my uh, voice acting audition. I'm very excited. Because I, I have a I have a future in uh, VO, I think. Um, so here we go. Three. Why am I doing a countdown in my own show? The subject is bears. Ooh. So. If you go to some gentle place like Yellowstone National Hydrangea, you must know how to deal with wild animals such as bears and wolves and buffalo. The most important of these is the bear. There are three kinds of bears at Yellowstone. The grizzly bear, the creative bear, and the wild bear. Bears spend most of their time catapulting or reading, or reaching, rather, they look very patient, but if you make them nerdy, they might bite your axe. <laughs> Bears will come up to your car and beg for your hot dogs. They'll stand on their hind legs and clap their lips together and pretend to be vicious. Do not get out of your dirt bike or offer the bears pies or carrots. The same advice applies to other wild creatures such as dogs and bees. Remember all of these rules and you will spend your vacation magically and not get eaten by a banana. <laughs> that was great. Very, very so, fun. So that is a word fill-in puzzle. Maybe one day we'll find out whether we can call them what they actually are, but I'm pretty sure everybody knows. So we, we'll bring that segment back next week with another Dungeons and Dragons themed one. So that's our little mini game. Let's do the topic. The, the real topic of the show, one year anniversary of Animal Crossing New Horizons is March 20th. So that's yep. when it came out last year. It feels like it's been a millennia since yeah. this game came out, but it was only one year. We know that this game was critically well-loved mm -hmm. and, you know, it was nominated for a bunch of awards at various game of the year, you know, competitions and award shows. We gave it game of the year for us. So we know that this is a, a good game. We also know it is a very financially successful game. Amanda, well, you're the business lady. Why don't you, could you run the numbers for us? How many copies of Animal Crossing were bought? Well, according to Nintendo's IR, so that is their investor relations, and we covered this over on, on Virtual Economy when it came out. So, as a reminder, the best-selling game on Switch currently is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. That is sitting at 33.41 million units out in the world. Because so this is many. global sales. That's so many. Now, sitting in second position is Animal Crossing New Horizons at 31.18 million sold. In like nine and a half months, because these numbers are as of the end of last year, right? That's correct. These are as of December 31st, because that was the end of their quarter. 31 million copies in a year. Less than that. Less, Less than, than a year. That. Sitting in third place, just so that just to round it out, is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate at 22.85 million copies sold. So it's absolutely trouncing everything except Mario everything. Kart. Which is yeah. But Mario Kart is, is Mario also Kart. a bundle. So it's the only yep. bundle that you can get. You can't get any any other software bundled right now unless you get it bundled through like the retailer correct which means 
you know, a lot of people own Mario Kart because that's what came with the Switch. But, yes. But even still, Mario Kart is also Mario Kart because it is immaculate and wonderful. But yeah, Animal Crossing just kind of taken over the whole world. <laughs> and so, and it really was not preordained to be massively successful, right? Like we know if if Nintendo released or announced another Mario Kart to come out this year, we know that a new Mario Kart game is going to be hard to find because that game is just going to fly off shelves. Yep. Because it's Mario Kart. We know that is a known thing. We know the same thing, at least initially, about, you know, Super Mario Brothers stuff too, right? Yep. But Animal Crossing has always been this, like, really niche thing. It has. And because it's, it's, it's not... Lots of people enjoy Animal Crossing and have enjoyed Animal Crossing over the years. But for the most part, Animal Crossing was not a super commercially successful title. It, it's always been very niche, very successful within that niche community where like if you love Animal Crossing, you love Animal Crossing. But yeah. because the Switch made everything so much more accessible than it had been with like the 3ds because there were a bunch of 3ds's and how do you know which one to get and do i have the the most recent one and it was just a lot of it was very confusing uh-huh. you can play this essentially on your television right so i yeah. mean it's very it was very very exciting and animal crossing new horizon new horizons came out at just the right time yeah i remember so it came out march 20th now, we don't get early copies of Nintendo games. Very few people do because Nintendo doesn't need to send out new copies of their early copies of their games. And so I remember the last trip I made out of the house before lockdown mm-hmm. was Animal Crossing. And I remember going to my local GameStop. There was a manager there. I called them and was like, hey, are there any other people in the store? He said, no. And we were like, I have to go because we we had I had pre-ordered three copies of the game because we needed three copies for each kid, you know, one for each kid. And so I had pre-ordered them and we knew this was around the time where you didn't know if stores were going to be open or not. Right. And so at any moment they could get a call from corporate that was like, you're going to close. And a lot of other stores had closed. GameStop was trying to declare themselves an essential business. They were doing all sorts of funny business. And we covered um, that on virtual economy about a year ago. You definitely did. And this was also, you know, it, it is what it is. So we knew we couldn't wait, right? Like I was like, oh, well, I can wait. You know, let's see what happens. Because if we waited, they could have closed over the weekend and it would have been bad. So I went right. and he, you know, like we we did like a SWAT mission to get this thing going, right? You know, like I walked in, I stood a million feet away, threw my debit card at him. He swiped it and charged everything. And he, you know, it like we had as close to a touchless experience as we could. And then I came home and I remember wiping them down with bleach wipes, those, those precious, precious bleach wipes. Oh, gosh. And remember started- when the bleach wipes were just absolutely impossible to find? Yeah, we still are having like the trauma response to whenever we walk by them and we see them on an end cap, we buy one. That's fair. Like we I do can't... that with toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we just got to the point where we ran out of our supply from from having that problem where, you know, we were we were fine, but we, you know, like. We it was every time we were at the grocery store, we bought a four pack or, a, you know, whatever. So we just finished going through that. But the, the bleep, I remember wiping them down and giving them to the kids. And it was like that was the last thing I did before we went into lockdown was buy these three physical copies. And I and I think a lot of people have that same experience. Mm-hmm. of you know going to walmart or target or gamestop or whatever or having amazon deliver it and it man you're right it came out at the exact right time because you know that was when my kids were stopping school and they had a bunch of days before school like started again yeah because they were trying to figure out online learning and so 
for my kids at least animal crossing weeks yeah i think i think they got like a packet or something the week after but like you know it was a couple of weeks before even their rudimentary program was like kicking in and really the structure that they had was animal crossing's day you know and I don't mean that in a in a derogatory way. I think the fact that it gave them tasks to do morning, noon, and night when they wanted to was actually really helpful. And I think that's one of the things that's really interesting about just the structure of an Animal Crossing game itself is that you play as a you know little dude or dudette, roll into a town, or in this case, an island, New Horizons, and you're the mayor or something like that. You're some person of great import within that town, and you build relationships with the, the animal characters in town. You do tasks that earn you money that let you buy stuff and decorate your house and you pay off your loan, which let's talk about how positive it was to have a loan to pay off that didn't have an interest rate. That felt right? great to me that felt real <laughs> as an good. adult. And so and there, what what's really great about Animal Crossing is that you know, for me is it was like a never ending treadmill of chores, but they were like fun chores, you know, in, there's a book I read. Did you ever read, uh, reality is broken? I did. Yes. Remember. So this is written by, you know, Dr. Jane McGonigal. It's a great book. Um, and there was a thing she talked in about there about like fun work, which is, and that's really what Animal Crossing is. It is fun work. You're doing cute things, but you're picking weeds and planting flowers and catching bugs. And that should be work, but it's not it because be. it's it's so cute and, you know, cool. I know my kids and I spent a whole bunch of time trying to find stupid outfits to wear. Uh, I was very concerned about getting cool headphones. That's like that was like my big thing. It was. I and, remember that. Man, listen, I was asking you all the time, like, hey, you got any good headphones in your store? And you never did. And I think it was just dumb luck. It was. Um, so what was you guys' story with Animal Crossing? Now, I know you got all into it. I did. Yeah, I got really into it. And I I left, I left it mostly alone, gosh, for like six months, seven months, I think. I didn't go back to my island because I was bored, you know? But at the very beginning... This was this was a game that was helping to keep me grounded, leveled. It was a familiar routine that I could build into my day every day. I could sit down and reliably, you know, pick my weeds and harvest my fruits and go visit my friends. And it wasn't just a way for me to just pass the time either. You know, like I celebrated birthdays with friends in Animal Crossing. I often would just like hop on discord or Skype or even on the phone, you know, to connect with my, um, with like Brandy from over at super parent. She runs super parent. Now, you know, she would just call me and be like, Hey, you want to play animal crossing for a bit? You want to come to my Island? You know? And it was, it was a way to stay connected through gaming and through avatars in a way that we hadn't been able to, really before this like I mean yeah sure there's Roblox there's Fortnite there's all kinds of things but when we think about it from an adult perspective what did we have which metaverse was ours we didn't have one I I don't I don't play Fortnite you know I don't I don't play Roblox I don't really play any of those games and nor do most of my friends my friends are playing Animal Crossing yep so that was a way for me to sit down and just be close to the people that I care about that I knew I wasn't going to see for months or even potentially years, depending on how everything rolled out. And it helped me feel less hopeless, helped me think about the world as a beautiful place, as this beautiful place that I could hold in my hands, this place that I could shape, this control that I could have when my whole life felt like it was just kind of crumbling around me. Cause at the same time, I was also renewing my, my visa to stay in yep. the United States and it had been delayed and delayed and delayed. And I actually didn't receive it until like two months ago. That's how long okay. the journey was. So 
we were in, we were at the very beginning of that process again. And it was just, everything was just so stressful all the time. And Danielle was at the hospital dealing with, with COVID patients and, you know, every, just everything sucked, but animal crossing was great. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. What was really interesting for us is, you know, there are five of us in this house and, you know, we, we had to, we were very careful with how we divided it in that my oldest son and I shared a switch and an island we still do and my middle son has his own island because it's on his switch light and then my daughter and my wife and they share an, they mine. share an island yeah yeah Vivi's on mine and then Grace and Paul have an island together and Mike has his own island so the, and the the decisions on who gets on whose island it was, was a lot challenging it was, it a, was lot. a lot it was a lot and that's how we learned about how important it was to make sure that the right person was the first player because Megan is the first player on the island she shares with Jenna because we just didn't know how important it was. And so for a while, they were locked because Maggie does not play the game by its own rules. She just does her own thing. She has no money. If she makes a sing- if she makes 100 bells, she's going to spend it on a dress. That's fair. Same period. <sighs> but you make more than a hundred bells. She might only make two hundred bells in a day, because she's just not. She's what? <laughs> Maggie's got stuff to say, man. So the okay, it was an exaggeration, honey. <laughs> so she's getting very defensive. So I played for you know I think it was a week. And then I actually, what it really did, and this is no joke, Animal Crossing inspired me to go back to World of Warcraft. And I've told the story on here a bit, but it really came down to, I decided if I was going to have a never ending treadmill of fun work to do, I wanted there to be dragons. And so uh, my return to World of Warcraft came and now I stream it every week. And, you know, so it's like, you know, it, it inspired extra things for me and you know I still enjoy it and I still read about it and I still watch my kids play I don't play a lot but I certainly have a huge amount of respect for it and you know I think I I was looking one of the things that I wanted to talk about talking about Animal Crossing I think we touched on it like the idea of why is it good right and I found a quote from uh and it was actually in a video by our good friend my BFF Dr. Rachel Cowart research director for takethis.org. She was on the episode last week. She did a video about, and I'll link those videos in the show notes because I think they're worth watching if you're really interested in this on an academic level. But she got a quote from somebody named Jennifer Shirley. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but uh, she's a lead designer from ArenaNet. And she used the term gentle progression. And I think that is a perfect term to apply to Animal Crossing. And the reason for that is what she talks about is that players move at their own speed, right? Like you do everything at your own pace. There are people who were, I mean, Animal Crossing is designed to be a game that you can very successfully play if you play for a half hour a day. Yeah. And that's kind of how it was initially designed that you play it a half hour a day over the course of like a year. But because we were all stuck, so many people quote unquote ran out of content within like two weeks. And Nintendo was certainly not prepared for that because that's not how you prepare for the launch of an animal crossing game. You know, that this is a long tail game Yes, with not many people that play forever. Basically. And what they got was a lot of people who played a lot and then demanded more, which yeah, is, um, which is, it's, and, but a lot of that came down to the fact that you could play at your own pace. It's very elastic. And because you can move at your own pace, your progression was personal. And this is, again, I'm kind of paraphrasing what Jennifer said, right? Like, because you were moving at your own pace, it was your development. It was more your town, right? There was nothing artificial about it. That I picked up those five oranges from that orange tree that I planted next to my house, and I sell those every couple of days. And that's the bells that I make. It's very personal. 
And you may only have one orange tree because you have a story of, you know, that the, the story of the game if you found it and you planted it. Whereas some people had very carefully manicured orchards of trees. You know what I mean? And yeah. both of those people are playing the game correctly, air quotes. And the other piece is she talked about uh, the progression being predictable is that you, you know, you moved at your own pace and you knew what your island could do, right? You knew what you were able to get. You knew what kind of fruit trees were on your island. You knew where you buried the bags of coins. You knew where the villagers were living. And so it's very predictable progression. And I think those points really illustrate exactly what's going on, right? This I is agree. a game that you can play at your own pace and do your own thing. And man, people certainly used that. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I mean, we had President Biden campaigned in it. And Which is now against their terms of service, by the way. Yeah, they couldn't stop it in the middle. I mean, they could, but it would have been, it would not have gone well. But they have since prevented that. Did they stop KFC? Did, can you, you can't do the K, because KFC had their own store in there for a while too. They did. Which, by the way, I'm like all in favor of, really. I mean, I know it's a slippery slope, but I would much rather a chicken store than a presidential candidate. Um, yeah. But you know what? Since the island itself was designed by like a master. It was definitely not done by President Biden himself. They had an intern. Could you imagine being that intern? Like, let's just ignoring uh, politics of, of Could you imagine how cool it would be? Like, hey, I'm an intern working for a president. And I'm going to build like, hey, thing in Animal Crossing. Could you make an island for us with like an ice cream stand and like a dog park? And oh, man, how cool is that? So the so that is I think we kind of covered why it's so good. I think it, the game is also not over yet, by the way. It's a year into its thing. We just got a whole bunch of tweets talking Huge about the, a bunch of updates. The next uh, this will be the first time where where holidays have happened multiple times, starting with Bunny Day. And they're adding some new extra stuff, tweaking the event a little bit. So if you are thinking to yourself, well, I missed the bus because I didn't buy Animal Crossing last year. That is absolutely not true. If it sounds like something you want to jam with, get it because it is they are going to be supporting this game for a very long time. Yeah. Because guess what, everybody? 31 million people bought it. And that's and as of December 31st. We know that people bought it. Yes, absolutely. In addition to that. The last Animal Crossing game that came out was that wasn't like a side game or something like Pocket Camp or House Designer or stuff yep. like that. The last like mainline Animal Crossing game that came out was in 2012. Yep. We had eight years in between Animal Crossing games and we definitely had demand for it. There was definitely a lot of Nintendo Directs that people were like, Animal Crossing when? You know, it wasn't like it was a thing that we were... That wasn't in the oh, collective consciousness. Remember when Isabel showed up and everybody oh, I was do. Animal Crossing? Yep. And it was because she was in Smash? Yep. Wow. That was, that was a bad a, time on the internet. That was that a bad was, day. But, okay, so it was kind of a bad day, but it was also awesome. I'm just saying. I'm I mean, saying. it was it was it was fun in the sense that I really I always enjoy the discourse around Smash. I don't play Smash myself, so I just love the discourse around it. I always will. So oh, for me, it was just like Smash discourse heart. Oh, and there's certainly going to be. Oh man, could you imagine the next few? Oh, two. We got two characters left in all Smash I Ultimate. Know. It's so wild. It's going to be, be so bananas. wild. Uh, I can't wait to do a definitive ranking of all of the uh, Smash characters. I look based forward on... to reading this definitive ranking. Yeah. Once the, all the characters are in there, uh, my sons and I will make an arbitrary ranking okay. decision and make the internet angry. So, um, all right. So we talked about what it is. We, we definitely covered why it's good. Now let's talk about why it's important. Because the, the thing is, and I mean this with no hyperbole. I'm meaning that the, I know I'm the king of hyperbole, right? I'm an un, unmitigated hype monster. I think Animal Crossing literally saved countless lives mm -hmm. during this pandemic. And 
when I say countless, I don't mean that as like, you know, because it's too big. I mean, we couldn't, we can't quantify it, but it, I am certain that there are a lot of people who are alive today because of this game. And you're nodding your head in agreement. I mean, that's depressing to think about. However, um, not not really. This last year was really hard on a lot of folks. Uh, it was hard on us. It was hard on our kids. And this gave us a shared experience that was not misery. Yeah. It was a shared experience that made us feel like we were actually close, that we were together, even though we weren't. And it was a shared experience that gave us something we could control. And admittedly, yep. you know, as grownups, we had a little bit more control, right? You know, we were the ones with the phones setting up the, you know, the, you know, buying the stuff that we needed or, you know, building the airlocks so we could go out and get supplies, right? But like for kids who lost all structure, you know, one day they just went home on a Friday and never saw their friends again for another year. Some of them still haven't. So to have Animal Crossing among other games, but Animal Crossing certainly was a big piece of that to be that playground where kids could hook up and play hide and seek and tag and doing that thing where they were whacking each other in the heads with nets, which was all the rage in April and May of last year. It remember? Was. And giving it's it's hot to give a 10 year old something that they can control. Right. Yep. And I think Animal Crossing gave them that because there were a whole bunch of 10 year olds that got something in control. And honestly, let's be real. Um, how many, you know, millennials or, you know, young adults were out on their own living by themselves and, you know, this was their only way of connecting people. I, I think you said it in the beginning of the call, right? Like this, this game came out at the perfect time. It came out at the perfect time and it has existed through, you know, really this harrowing experience. So it certainly saved lives that I, without hyperbole, I mean that I think it absolutely did. But how about, and that doesn't surprise me, right? I'm sure that there have been games that have helped pull people back, right? To give them something to enjoy or to connect with other people. But another thing that this game did that I have never seen a game do, and because normally it's the opposite, right? Like when World of Warcraft blew up, it was people were addicted to it and paying too much attention and not and ignoring their home lives. And when it was Grand Theft Auto, it's that it's turning our kids into monsters. Uh, this is one of the first games I have ever seen that got the New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> I remember <to> this. <laughs> like the New York Times, when it talks about video games, now they have video game editors at the New York Times. They have people who are responsible for talking about very high level stuff. They don't have people like you and me, right? But they have people who are games adjacent at least, right? But normally when they talk about video games it's negative or at the very least neutral yes nintendo has a new console coming out this september or whatever right like news and normally their opinion section is video games are destroying our youth etc the animal crossing made the new york times speak positively of video game how insane is that i don't even know like, I don't even know how to handle it. It was the New York Times is not. Not usually all that complimentary when it comes to gaming, especially when it comes to parenting and gaming. Yeah, exactly. Well, and this is another thing, you know, and, and again, there are videos that I'm going to post in the show notes here that where. Dr. Rachel Coward actually goes through like family circle and parents magazine again two are two publications that are at best neutral towards video games right? right they might include them in their gift guides for the holiday end of the year you know probably because you know if you do a holiday gift guide and don't include the new pokemon game you get laughed out of the building right because you just have to include it because you know you know kids are going to ask but even they were talking about this is a great opportunity to play games as a family and i know we did that right you know we had these three switches i admit this is not a normal experience 
for most families, you know, we're, you know, we're tech inundated as my wife calls it, but, you know, <laughs> having kids be able to share an island or fam families be able to share an island or a few islands across a couple of switches. I've never thought I'd see these magazines and newspapers talk about using Animal Crossing to get people, specifically people cross-generationally into games. Yep. It's so wild. It's like we bowling so all over again, right? Like we sports was the last time we saw something like this in terms of a multi-generational phenomenon. Yep. You know, like right. my mother, my mother is not a gamer, not a hardcore gamer. Anyway, she's very casual. She plays her sure. casual mobile games. She loves them, you know, but we've never been able to convince her to play a more hardcore game. I think we had like, we had her for 30 minutes playing City of Heroes back in 2005. And that might have been it. That's impressive nonetheless. I mean, City of Heroes was a magical uh, MMO. To this day, remains one of my favorite MMO experiences of all time. And I've played a butt ton of MMOs in my life. So yeah. this is that phenomenon, though. This is the, the this is the Wii Bowling, Wii Sports phenomenon all over again. And it took a decade and a pandemic to recreate that. Yeah, this is it's true. Now, I, I actually I messaged before, just before we were done. I, uh, I messaged uh, Dr. Coward to see if she predicts that there would be some kind of like a backlash. You know, like not a backlash, a whiplash effect where it's like, oh, well, you've been you've had your head in that video game for a year. Timmy, go outside. Um, and she actually says that she's already starting to see it, which is insane because the you know, the pandemic is definitely not over as far as importance. I mean, it was so, so big, so good, so ubiquitous. And there were talk shows on Twitch. Gary yep. Witta, who is, you know, he wrote Book of Eli and Rogue One. So he's, and he's kind of an internet personality too. He did Animal Talking, which is literally a talk show in his Animal Crossing house. And he had T Pain on there and Brie Larson and sorts of folks that th this should not have happened. And yet it did. Right. And yet. And, you know, all because it was so big at such the right time. And man, I don't think this game is ever going to be like a little niche title ever again. Like this blasted Animal Crossing into this into the sky. I, I mean, we know it's going to. So this is this going to beat Mario Kart? It's on the it's certainly on the way to it really comes down to attach rate. And if they start bundling this with um, with switches, because I have the animal, I have the special edition Animal Crossing switch, but that didn't come with Animal Crossing. That just came with the damn switch. It was very cute, though. It is very cute. The, the general has now that she found out that it's not like a limited edition thing and they've kind of like kept making them slowly. The general, every time she sees one on Amazon, she gives me a look like, hey, honey, do we, Can do, I we do we need one? Do we need one? I have a feeling. I mean, we have other things to take care of first. I keep having to say we have other things to take care of first. Anyway, we've had this discussion about the switch. So I think we did it. This is Animal Crossing. Happy birthday, Animal Crossing. Um, Happy may birthday to Animal Crossing. May you continue your reign. We're gonna keep rocking with you. It's all a funny day. Yeah, I'm day. back at my I'm I'm back at my island Did now, you, man. You you had dis, you had asked on Twitter whether or not you should delete your island or not. Did you delete your island? No. You just no, took I kept the effort. You took the effort that it would have taken to rebuild your whole island and just cleaned it. Yes, that's what I'm in the midst of doing right now. I'm creating neighborhoods, so it's like costing me thousands and thousands and thousands of bells. But thankfully, anytime that I have new crops come up for my orchard, uh, I make like almost a hundred thousand bells. So no bigs. Because you have a very carefully manicured orchard, which is very I nice. I do, and it's labeled. <laughs> oh, so I know I, what's where. <laughs> I remember you showed me the pictures. It's absolutely awesome. So everybody, let's all spend some time after listening to this. Wish a happy oh, birthday to Animal Crossing. And go, if you haven't been to your Animal Crossing Island in a while, go now and just chase the cockroaches out of your apartment. Do some weeding. Just, it'll make it easier for you to come back for the summer stuff. Because I'm sure they're going to do some cool stuff this summer. So, we did it, Amanda. We did. So, everybody, this has been episode 256 Whoa. of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. 
I'm not going to make jokes about us being canceled anymore. It's not funny. This is the officially we're retiring that bit because <laughs> we're canceling the, the cancellation bit. We're, not, we're canceling the canceling the bit, not because anyone's offended. I want to make that very clear in case anybody listening wants to get mad about that. It's because it's just that joke hits different in 2021. So sure does. we're um so we're so we're officially retiring that particular bit even though it was the only piece of self-deprecation that Amanda allows me to use. She's looking at me through the uh, Skype window. Everybody like, are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? Because I'll reach through the Skype window like the like the girl from The Ring. Anybody, oh, anyway. no, I'm not Samara. <laughs> so, I don't even know she had a name. I watched five minutes of that movie and noped out so fast. Um, I've seen that movie three times. Okay, well, that's you've seen it as many you've seen it once for every minute of that movie I have watched. Everybody, you have yourself a wonderful week. We'll be back next week for board game week, uh, where Linda and I have all sorts of cool stuff to talk about, including another licensed game that was announced today. I might and even the, be there because oh, I goodness. have board games to talk about. Oh goodness! See, I don't even think to ask because like, you just show up. You're like a wizard, right? You're never, you're not early or late. You show up exactly when I, you're intending to. Precisely when I mean to. Um, and I should have the new Dungeons and Dragons book in my possession yeah. by then. Maybe talk Yay. about the candle keep mysteries. So everybody, yes. have yourself a wonderful week. We will be back next time. And until then, don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>